You are now listening to the Take a Charge podcast, hosted by Aaron and Adam McCoy. Back in the lab, episode two. How you doing? How's this week been? It's been pretty good. Um, pretty busy with work. Getting new vendors set up at Kroger. We had our kickoff night for at work on purpose young professionals group as well. Can you explain uh, what that is? Sure. So one of our hopeful future guests, Brad Grossjean, introduced me to a young professionals group that was started as a part of At Work on Purpose, which is a Cincinnati area ministry dedicated to helping anyone get involved in sharing their faith in practical ways at work. And then YPA WAP is specifically geared toward young professionals. So people coming out of college, getting into the workforce, people like me who have six months under their belt all the way up to most people in their 20s. We tend to have meetings on a monthly basis for our bigger groups, and we'll have another smaller meeting with uh, just our discipleship groups here and there as well. Sweet. Well, my week has been full of uh, college classes. Um like I said in the last episode, I'm remote this semester, so I've just been up in my room attending Zoom classes and taking notes on lectures. So uh, pretty pretty light first couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure I'll be getting into more stuff with my classes in the coming weeks. But what was the most interesting thing you learned this week? Uh, I don't know if I have anything like most interesting thing I learned, but I'm taking a digital marketing class and one of the projects that we had to do or one of the assignments that we had to do for this week was take a screenshot of a social media post and explain like different elements about it and like relate it to what we were learning this week. So I took a screenshot of an Adidas Instagram post that was advertising James Harden's new shoe. So back with the James Harden again already in episode two. <laughs> um, but anyway, I I took that ad and explained it. Um, different marketing elements that we had talked about this week. And I don't know. That was pretty fun. You got to see like what other people um, like and what they chose to do their assignment on. I think other people, one one other guy did shoes. A couple of people did like different um, weightlifting equipment um, ads or posts from Instagram. And then there were a couple of like food, like Coke and like Donato's Pizza, I think was one of them. But it was pretty interesting. I like that project. It's always cool to see the real life connections. I know that was one of my favorite parts of my digital media or digital marketing class in college. I got to do like a whole case study semester long on Coca-Cola, which is one of my favorite brands. But of course, this week, someone else in our family completed a digital marketing course along with a number of other courses. That's right. That would be our mom, Cindy McCoy. Congratulations to her for completing her Miami 
mini MBA yesterday. She was part of the first group of people able to try it out for Miami. And I believe it was somewhere in the ballpark of 12 different sections, several different videos and modules a piece and quizzes. So definitely congratulations to her. It was interesting to see her watching videos from professors that I had had during my time at Miami too. Some awesome, super nice people to like her, her digital marketing one was James Coyle. And then a nice guy named Walden Martinez for her data ones. So additionally, um, with my classes this semester, I'm doing a lot with communication and digital marketing. So I think it's cool to see like how those areas work within like your job with working on marketing and then mom with her um, communication skills and like visual communication and different layouts and stuff like that. So like seeing how what I'm studying relates in a small sample size of different careers. So, well, getting into our topics for this week, we got, well, Pro Bowls this week, but February 7th, we got the the Mahomes and Brady Bowl. I don't understand the point of the Pro Bowl celebration. They're not year. having an actual game. I, right? I know it's not the, no, it's not the actual game. They made it out like they were having a big to do about announcing the pro bowlers, but they've already announced them. So I don't really know what there is. I mean, I guess it's just watching highlights, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited for next week. Obviously one of my predictions fell short. The other one was accurate for the championships. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I called, Patrick Mahomes, I didn't think the Bills were ready. I should have known. I mean, you don't you don't bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, I and I'm actually going to steal that line for uh for our Super Bowl predictions <laughs> as right. well. All right. <laughs> so before we get into Super Bowl predictions, uh last weekend I didn't really have a chance to watch the games. I watched the end of Green Bay and Tampa Bay, but that was pretty much it. Um I'll give my thoughts and then you can share yours because I know you got to watch a little bit more of the Green Bay game. But I watched probably the last drive um, in Aaron Rodgers. They were probably the first play. It was on the it was when they were in the red zone. The first play he probably couldn't have run the ball just because uh, Nadamukong Sue was running after him. I don't think he would have gotten very far. But the last play that ended up incomplete, that third down play, I feel like he had time and space to run. I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have the best wheels in the league, but I feel like he could have ran it in in that scenario rather than trying to pass it. I think it was a, it, was, it looked like it was across his body too, so it was a difficult throw. And he, I don't know. I feel like he could have run it and then combine that with just going for the field goal. I know it's been talked about a lot this past week, but. I feel like you got to go for it in that scenario to give yourself a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to expect Aaron Rodgers to do something that he hasn't done all season in that kind of a moment, but it is something that probably would have been the better option there. 
think I speak for a lot of NFL fans when I say that I didn't realize Nadama King Sue was still in the league. He's obviously had his fair share of teams and issues and it's interesting to see him still playing. But yeah, I think as you mentioned on that last drive, the Packers really didn't have the kind of defensive game going throughout that game to have confidence that they could make a stand. Now I haven't watched the Packers all year. I'm sure someone who's more invested in the Packers would have more to say about whether their defense could or could not hold them in that situation. But pretty much the whole game, they were not really getting stops unless they were getting turnovers. And they were fortunate to pick off Brady three times. Only one of them really was probably Tom's fault. Per se, I think the other ones were he was either severely hurried or rushed or something went wrong with the play. But you got to be able to capitalize on that and you have to be able to get stops outside of turnovers. So in the end, it was disappointing. I would have liked to see Aaron Rodgers go to the Super Bowl. And for as good as the Packers have been, I kind of feel bad for them and their fan base because they've only had one NFC championship since Rodgers has been there. Like, they've had some kind of heartbreaking losses. They won a Super Bowl with him, didn't they? They beat the Steelers in 2012, I think. Okay. I think it was 2012. I feel like for as good as they are to have only gotten one NFC title, I think it's disappointing uh, for the fans and for the organization. But I think that if they can bring in some strong wide receivers, I think they can be a title contender next year. As a Bengals fan, I do wish that our problem was only making it to the NFC or AFC championship every year, but different fan bases have different standards. I do think it was interesting to see. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers and the potential of him not coming back next year. I I thought it was really interesting to see him come out pretty immediately after the game and say he was going to explore his options. And then two days later, come on the Pat McAfee show and basically say that he was going to be back. Makes you Emotions run high after a loss like that. All right. Well, moving on from the uh, NFC championship, uh, who you got in the Super Bowl? KC or Tampa Bay? As I alluded to, I didn't watch any of the Chiefs and Bills last I, week. I assumed I didn't either. I, assumed I didn't was... think it was going to be much of a game. It really wasn't much yeah. of a game. Patrick Mahomes is a beast. But as you said last week and as I alluded to earlier today, it is hard to bet against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers team that played last week against the Packers was much better than I expected to see I think if Brady hadn't thrown the two interceptions that were somewhat questionable and somewhat not his fault it wouldn't have even been that close so I think the Chiefs had their their run last year having a good run this year too Andy Reid has done great things with the great offensive pieces that they've been able to provide for him there in Kansas City and it's, it's certainly nice to see him get over the hump where it was last year after 
so many years of getting so close with the Eagles, with Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook. But I, I agree with you and have learned my lesson from last week <laughs> that you cannot bet against Tom Brady. So with this Brady and Mahomes matchup, do you think Mahomes will top Brady by the end of his career? Do you think he'll overtake uh, Tom in the GOAT conversation for NFL? I have a stat for you. All right. And this stat is going to determine for me whether Mahomes gets close to Brady in his career. Something they flashed up during last week's NFC Championship was that Tom Brady saved the season that he missed for the Patriots where Matt Castle played and they missed the playoffs despite having 11 wins. Take that season out. Tom Brady has made it to 16 straight AFC championships. Well, championships now with the Buccaneers being in the NFC. If Mahomes can get anywhere close to that, I think he's in the conversation. And certainly there's that opportunity. The AFC isn't necessarily as strong. I know there are some teams coming up, but it's pretty much their conference to lose at this point. But that's just a remarkable stat. And until Mahomes gets anywhere close to that, I don't think that you can talk about them being in the same conversation for that. I think the situation with Mahomes is largely similar to the kind of 2014 to 2016 rise of Steph Curry. I mean, obviously Curry was on the rise before they drafted in 09, but like that's when I feel like the Warriors started contending for titles. They started getting to the Western Conference Finals. And then you see within those three years, he's having so much influence on the game. He's having influence on the youth. Uh, everybody's shooting threes now, whether you're five, six, or seven feet tall. So I think him um, revolutionizing the game that way and having so much influence over the youth, I think that's what it's going to be with Mahomes because Mahomes is only, what, his third or fourth year? He's in the fourth year in this league, right? Yes. So he's a rookie kind of backed up. Third year playing, though. His, he didn't play his rookie year. He didn't play year. his rookie year? No. Because he was, he was uh, back up to uh, was it Alex Smith, Alex at that Smith point? I think. They have good young talent on the team, and I think with that, Mahomes could give Tom a run for his money. With the Super Bowl going on during COVID-19, obviously they can't have a lot of fans there. They've had some fans there um, at, during the regular season games, but... With the Super Bowl, they're having healthcare workers attend rather than just the general public. So I think that's pretty cool, the NFL, to do that. One thing I want to ask is, are you excited for the weekend's halftime performance? I am excited for it. I think it'll be a little more catered to our tastes than what the Super Bowl halftime performance was last year. Yeah, I, I agree with you that it's impressive that they've been able to get to the point of having a Super Bowl this year, and it's good for the NFL to reward the first responders or the the frontline heroes of the pandemic by allowing them to see the game. One thing that kind of saddens me a little bit, though, is that I, I feel that some teams were perhaps a bit unfairly penalized during COVID. I think... The Browns at numerous times during this season weren't necessarily at full strength. I think some teams that maybe wouldn't have been contenders anyway, but you never really know 
but the Broncos obviously had to play without a quarterback one week, stuff like that. I do think you ended up with probably the best two teams in the Super Bowl. I think you ended up with the NFC Championship matchup that was going to happen regardless. There just probably, in my mind, are some teams that could have had a chance to compete later in the season that didn't end up having the chance to compete just because of the pandemic. But such is the nature of things. I I still think it's a marvel that they were able to have a season at all, especially with not having a bubble like the NBA had. And I, I look forward to seeing the matchup between the current GOAT and the potential future GOAT. Now on to my area, uh, talking about the NBA and all-star projections. Um, the NBA as a whole, there's been some good games on this week. The Sixers and the Lakers had a great game. They got out to a lead and almost gave it up to LeBron. LeBron and AD kind of came back on them and were close to taking the lead. They had some key shots from um, Caldwell Pope and Alex Caruso, but ultimately couldn't get it done. And I think they – did they lose to the – Pistons, too? They did. I'm not sure how bad it was, but obviously the Pistons aren't one of the better teams in the East. Right. Sixers and Lakers had a good game. Nets and Hawks went into overtime. Um, Nets ended up pulling it out. Uh, Harden had a good game. I think he had like 31 and a triple-double. So, um, On to all-star projections, though. I'll say mine, and then you can say yours. Um, for the East, uh, for all-star starters, I had Harden, Beal, Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. For the West, I had Doncic, Curry, Leonard, and Jokic. So not really any surprises. Obviously, fans are voting on the starters, so it can all change. Regardless of what I think or you think, but that's who I would have. Um, Obviously, if they did have an all-star game, I know it's kind of up in the air right now, um, but they'd have guys pick teams or at least that that's what they've done the last couple years have the uh two top boat getters um one from the east one from the west and then pick their team so it's not really east versus west but those are who i have as as my all-star starters what about you i would agree with you for the most part i think going back to the Embiid point he has improved quite a bit from the last time i watched him which has been a while, admittedly. I've probably seen more of Joel Embiid from his Mountain Dew commercials than I have actually in the game. But Embiid's he, like number one in MVP right now. He he did. He's like the front runner. I was shocked, but he had a very good game. I was impressed by what he was able to do against Anthony Davis, who's not a chump defender, obviously. I agree with your starters. Where I focused more on considering the all-star voting was on the subs, there are a few key guys and two in particular that I'm going to mention who have not been all-stars before and have a chance to be this season and I think should be this season, and those are Zach Levine and Jalen Brown. The Celtics having some people out from COVID, stuff with that, Um, Kimball Walker being injured. I think he's really had to step up or had to fill in a role as that second guy, which he's kind of been that second guy, but like he really solidified that. So obviously Jason Tatum's still their number one guy, but like he's having a bad game or something. They're not going to lose anything. I feel like with 
Jalen Brown as the number two. I do miss the flat top. <laughs> All right, moving on from NBA uh, to other non-sports-related topics. Can you give us a little uh, rundown on what's been going on with GameStop, Adam? So I am not a finance guy by any means. I am not someone who has ever tried to make a profit in the stock market. I probably will in coming years try to get a little bit invested, not in the sense of day trading or anything crazy like that. But basically, for anyone who has not been paying attention this week, there was an extreme amount of attempted shorting going on with GameStop where hedge fund managers had shorted, I want to say the number was somewhere in the ballpark of 140% of GameStop's stock, so really more than they even had. And a bunch of Redditors got wind of this, that these hedge fund managers were basically trying to make a profit off of GameStop just tanking lower than it was already and decided that they were going to stick it to them and make GameStop's stock rise. And rise it did <laughs> quite a bit. I so saw much it. so that like people like Robin Hood had to like put a hold on people buying stocks. Like you could still like hold you could still have it, but like you couldn't buy anymore. You you couldn't trade it. There was one, my favorite story was there was a 10-year-old somewhere in the U.S. that made $3,200 before cashing out. But yeah, it's it's been really interest, interesting to see. Next week, the SEC is going to start looking into the Robinhood side of things with closing it down, as well as the actual supposed market manipulation by these Reddit groups. One of the most intriguing interviews I heard on it this week was, I, I don't think you've seen Wolf of Wall Street. I have not. But the main guy that it was based off of, Jordan Belford, came on and basically classified the whole thing as a pump and dump, which is something he used to do relatively frequently in his trading days. So there are questions over the legality, but I'm I'm happy for the the little guys who were able to make a small profit and in some cases a big profit off of this GameStop stock and others like it like AMC and Blackberry names that I haven't heard in a while yeah I've never been really into the stock market I don't really plan on getting involved anytime soon but uh, it's been fun to watch it's been fun to watch like I've got friends from high school who were uh who were into like following stocks on Robin Hood and stuff. I was going to say, I remembered you getting the ask to. Yeah. So one of my friends, stock. one of my friends, uh, if you're listening to this and know who John Naughton was, um, excuse me, Pierce Naughton is his, is his real name. Um, he was a, he was a kid in my class in high school and he would always put in our group chats, like the, the referral ask, um, for Robin Hood, that's like get your free stock here, and I'll get a free stock. Um, but anyway, I've, I'd be interested to hear what they have to say on it right now. But it's just been fun to watch because it's like uh, Reddit's not really. I'm not on Reddit, but I feel like that's not really the the uh, first place you'd expect a Wall Street 
headline to come from. Um, That's the best part of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Just <laughs> but it's pretty, it's been fun to watch. I'm interested to see what happens going forward. Uh, next up, the Godzilla versus Kong trailer has been getting a lot of play. Um, I think I watched it. You watched it. Who's winning? It's tough. I I think I'm gonna have to borrow from our our good friend Michael Cole Glazer on this one because he has put infinitely more research into it than I have. So Michael so, Cole Glazer is not a name I've heard in a minute. So cr- credit out. to Michael. Shouts to Michael. Yeah, if he's listening to this, I I follow his movie review Snapchat story, and he put together a review on King Kong versus Godzilla based on the trailer this week and really talked about how it came down to character and while Godzilla might have the raw power that it takes to annihilate an entire city with one fire filled breath, King Kong will always defend those who are on his side. And I think that's ultimately going to shine through in the film. Yeah. I don't really, I I watched the first one with, uh, like Brian Cranston. I don't think I didn't watch the sequel. Um, but just like on paper, like it's, I don't know. Cause like Godzilla has the water. He can breathe fire, but like Kong's like pure strength. So he's got the intangibles. He's got mobility. Too. He's got mobility, but he does have the intangibles. And so I need to watch the sequel before I watch this one. But, I did see in the trailer it's got Brian Tyree Henry in it from Atlanta who played Paperboy. So <laughs> that should be interesting to see him. I don't know if he's in the sequel or not. But last thing before we go, Tuesday was the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's tragic passing. So to celebrate him, I thought we'd go through our favorite Kobe moments. Do you want to go first? Mine's pretty cliche, but I think the way he went out was unmatched i think the only person who comes close in recent memory in my mind was watching peyton manning win the super bowl in his last game with the broncos the lakers hadn't been that good for a while they really didn't have a great team that year but to come out and perform like vintage kobe as he did in that game was was a really solid way just to go out i think that's an understatement but some of his matchups with lebron were Pretty impressive to watch as well, especially the ones on Christmas Day. I have vivid memories of those. One of the things I wish we would have had most was a Kobe and LeBron finals, which we never got. But I think that would have been interesting to see. But I think my favorite Kobe moment um, probably had to be 81. You could just tell in his eyes, like, there was nobody that was going to stop him. Like, every shot he took was going in. So I think that's probably my favorite. But... I definitely think his last game, um, yeah, he, I mean, his last couple of years, he was still, he was still Kobe and he was still, he's still putting up numbers um, relative to where he was in his career. He's still making some like insane shots, but I don't think he was, he was definitely past his prime. And I think a lot of people were just hoping like they'd catch glimpses of that. Um in his last game, but I think the way he went out was pretty perfect. And I think the way he had an impact on 
not only basketball, but uh, the culture in general, um, everyone from kids to parents. Um, I think you can take lessons from him and kind of implement them in any part of your life because obviously if you're playing basketball, you think about how he approached the game, how he coached, what he had to say when he was like, like just the way he was doing breakdowns on ESPN, you could tell he was still studying the game and he knew where people needed to be to thrive. I think like um, Nike put out the ad that was like, being a better student, being a better coach, being a better father. I think that was his uh, mentality. Like the mama mentality is all about doing whatever you can to be better, to get better in whatever situation you're in. And I think it's sad that uh, we didn't get to see like what he was going to do beyond basketball. Cause I think he already started that. He started uh, coaching his daughter um he started his his book series he's doing a lot of philanthropy i think his legacy lives on uh in basketball still with different players in the nba and then with players all over the country all over the world kind of taking his mama mentality and just striving to get better i agree i think the way he went out was very classy and something you hope to see from more athletes. A lot of people, they will have a definite twilight of their career where it's really just a shell of what they used to be. And I think with Kobe, you got to see him give his all right up until the very end of his playing career. And then obviously, as you said, was also giving his all in avenues outside of basketball, both as a, a parent and in other ventures he was doing through writing and directing and those episodes of detail for ESPN. So definitely continues to um, leave a mark on the NBA, even a year now following his passing. All right, guys, thank you for listening to today's episode of take a charge. Um, be sure to listen on Spotify, uh, subscribe and like our videos on YouTube, follow our Instagram at take a charge podcast. And be sure to let us know what, what you think and what kind of topics you'd like to hear from us in the future.